We all know cults usually attract followers because they promote an illusion of comfort and happiness to those with low self-esteem or life struggles. Leaders often love bomb new recruits and a sense of belonging seals the deal for them. However, at some point, things always take a turn and by then it is usually too late. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Did you know there are dozens of active cults still that just go completely under the radar each year? Soup. I'm Thina. And I'm Kylie. And this is Cryptic Soup. I'm Thina. And and I'm Kylie. And this is Cryptic Soup. No, 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 no. <laughs> Orange. Um, what up? I have a thing. Okay. So I have friends. No. Yeah. And my friends are like not here. Like they are all over the place because I'm weird and I play video games and a lot of my friends are online. But I have met them all in real life. And some of them are actual, like, friends that I had in high school. So, yeah. Um, You've met one. His name is Eric. (laughs) Um, But one of the guys in that group told me that one of his coworkers, you know, he's in the military, he's in the Air Force, and he was in Washington. One of his coworkers um, and him were talking about cryptic soup and... Uh, she already knew. She hmm. she already knew who we were and had listened to us before. That's awesome. I'm like, what? Like, really? <laughs> it's definitely a warm, fuzzy moment. Very much. Um, I don't. So I don't have anything like that. We have we have followers that are friends of our our friends, friends. of our friends that didn't even know that they were friends of our friends. Mm, I'm trying to think if I have anything. It's a very small world. Today, I booked hotels and I realized how much I hate booking hotels. Mm-hmm. I had to book one for the Taylor Swift concert. I had to book one for the Louis Tomlinson concert. And I had to book one for the Matt Rife show. And all three of them, I was just like, I fucking hate all of this. I hate every single thing. <laughs> everything that they're asking me, everything that I'm filling out. I just, I hate all of it. Would you ever just do an Airbnb instead of a hotel? I would if there were more people. But the thing is, is with just two people, an Airbnb is kind of silly most of the time because once you add up like all the fees that go into it, it's so much more expensive, like so much more. Yeah, it definitely is better if you have a lot of people because you can just share the space. But mm-hmm. And so because I was looking at it like hypothetically, let's say for um, so for the Matt Rife one, let, let's say that one, because that one's like a big one. It is around a holiday, which makes it already a little bit more difficult because it's the day before a holiday. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the hotels in the area were already like starting to sell out and stuff like that. But to get and it's in a city, it's in uh, like Cincinnati or like St. Louis or something. I can't remember. And um, regardless, it's like in a bigger area. So I was like, OK, like I want to make sure I'm on the same side of the city as the show. Mm. So I don't have to drive a really far away also. Right. And then on top of that, I have to pick a hotel that like also looks good and has like decent ratings and stuff and is close to other things we want to do. Like it needs to be in the middle of all the things. And so I was like trying to figure all that out first off. And for like most of the hotels that we wanted to do a hotel, like a decent hotel and stuff was like uh, between 115 to like 140 a night. 
And the Airbnbs were only like 80 or 90 a night. So it sounds like, oh, that's much cheaper. But then uh, after all the taxes, after the like out, of, there's like this other fee that they have. And then there's like the cleaning fee. And then there's yep. this and this. It ended up that each of the Airbnb rooms would have been over one hundred and fifty five dollars a night minimum, yep. even for the cheapest one. And I was like, I get it. But at the same time, like I already am booking so many right now. I, I don't have that money to waste. <laughs> yeah, you just I got to pick and choose my battles. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's what I did today. I think that's three that's times. Yeah, that's exhausting. <laughs> well, I think I did it four times, but I can't remember the fourth thing I had to book anything for. So I gave up. Today was one of those days where anybody and everybody that had an opinion about something that I was giving them leadership on. were snooty about. <laughs> so it was just like. But why? Like, OK, are we 12? Mm-hmm. Like, or no, are we like six when every other question was Why? Like, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating sometimes being being over people. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had to take these. Uh, we took the Meyer Briggs test at uh-huh. work, and uh, they made everyone take them. They thought it'd be a really fun team building exercise for us, where we could all then like talk about them and then like have fun, like understand each other a yeah. little bit more, yeah, and like understand how our brains work supposedly and stuff. So like, I get it. That's, that's fun and all. Um, I take it. And, uh, the first thing it says is it's like, Hey, you're, um, extremely aggressive. I was like, okay. It's like, you're also extremely assertive. And I was like, okay. They were like, you're extremely dominant, but you're also extremely introverted. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm getting the hint here. And it's all like pretty accurate on all the things it's saying. And it's like, you operate mostly on logical things and you hate feelings. Like, I had like 97% in the logical side and only 3% feelings. <laughs> and like an average person, it says, has usually about 20 to 40% feelings. So I was like, okay, that, that's on point. <laughs> um, so then everyone else in the office took it. There was a bunch of extroverts and they were like, yeah, that makes sense that Thena and Josh are like the biggest introverts because we're the only two with offices in the back of the building that don't talk to anyone. And then like, they were like, oh yeah, this also makes sense that like, they're the ones that are really like aggressive and stuff. And it all started making sense. And then they were like, Thina, you matched with one other person. And I was like, I did. Oh my God. I matched with the owner of my company. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. If you, if you knew, if you knew that's a lot, that's a lot funnier than. Yeah. I can't explain why that's so funny guys, but just know like. It's as bad as you're thinking it is. And when the woman came to tell me that, she came in the office and she goes, you need to be sitting for me to tell you. It's like, that's how she started the conversation, just so you understand. Well, so then they were like, hey, everyone, we're going to tell you guys some famous people that have the same person as you. Would you like to hear the list they gave me? Because I have it. I have it because she emailed it to me. She goes, the most famous people that share the same one as Athena and David are Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. We just talked about him. I'm like, why is it the first one on the list? Walter White, the man that makes meth. I'm reading this word for word how she emailed it, by the way. So <clears throat> Walter White, the man that makes meth. These are the most popular people. Uh-huh. Most popular. Out yes. of the whole world. These are the people. Yes, it gets worse. Just wait. Jane Austen. She writes good books. Okay. Okay, they're right. Bruce Wayne. He is the Batman in all caps. <laughs> Next one, Hannibal Lecter, not the actor, the thing that the actor is portraying as. 
Next one, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, dot, 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 ouch. <laughs> Next one, JFK. I would say that's cool, but he's also dead, so. <laughs> um, Peter Baelish and Tywin Lannister. Never seen Game of Thrones, but I Googled both them. They seem like bad dudes. I'm real sorry about your luck. Katniss Everdeen. I don't know. She seems kind of overrated. I'll be honest. Wednesday Adams. That one's nice. Charles Darwin. That man had some weird beliefs. Scar from Lion King. Athena, this one is you. I hope you understand. <laughs> Professor Snape. Wow, Athena, this one's you too. Jigsaw. Yes, I'm talking about the psychopathic killer. Athena, this one seems like you too. I'm just going to be honest. Last one. A man from Naruto with black hair. Can't pronounce it. <laughs> Can't pronounce it. it was Sasuke. <laughs> oh my God. So that was the email I got. That's um, hilarious. So, yeah, there's that. That's my news of the week, I guess. Actually, I did have some. Um, well, then David <laughs> David did not know who, like, 90% of, of those, those people. Yeah, yeah, none of those people. The only one he knew was, uh, like, Jane Austen. And mm-hmm. he ended up bringing another one to the table. He's like, Isaac Newton also <laughs> is the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, cool, cool. Cool. Um, I'm ready for this meeting to be done. And like, I never talk during meetings. I sit in the back. I sit cross-legged in a chair. I'm the only one that doesn't sit at the table. I sit in the corner while everyone else is at a table. You would. And they're like, so when they literally were like, we have one really strong introvert, every single person in the room turned and looked at me. And I was like, oh God, I hate this. Remember how I'm introverted please i was like y'all gonna make me pull a ted kaczynski if you don't stop (laughs) fuck i understand him now no i'm kidding i'm so sorry that was a bad joke uh um that's funny yeah that's very funny so if anyone wants to take the myers-briggs test let's talk about it i'm i'm down to chat i'll do it i'll take i'll take mine so that you can post i want to make i want to make uh like taylor and Corey take it too and just post all the people's so that people can get to know us and decide if they hate us or not literally know us i wonder (laughs) if Corey would match you i could see Corey maybe matching me he's got some hannibal lecter vibes (laughs) i mean that in a kind of nice way (laughs) kind of nice Uh Hmm. it's a little aggressive what i said (laughs) right Hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. I don't know. Corey's not as aggressive as you are, though. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Athena. Yeah. I stopped. <laughs> I stopped the sentence. I upset someone the other day and they literally just DM'd me, not even continuing the fight because they knew I was angry. And they just said, do you want me to just leave you alone until you decide that you're ready to talk again? Because if I talk to you, you are not going to reply and you're just going to get more mad. I would prefer you to just take some time. And I was like, good. <laughs> like that's all I said I was like good just leave me alone I'm surprised you responded I haven't talked to him since well no I, I, I'm still surprised you yeah. responded yeah. yeah well I was afraid they'd text me and I don't do well with people replying I woke up today to 88 fucking notifications on my phone it's kind of a lot it's so fucking many I hate everyone don't talk to me <laughs> don't just, just don't. don't you won't get a response um so I guess we should start the episode okay okay um Tonight's episode is called The Angel's Landing Cult, which sounds happy. Well, until I said the word cult. Um, (laughs) Angel's Landing, which sounds kind of happy. It is not. I debated if I wanted to give like a. Precursor. Yeah, but I don't get really into it. So here's the thing. There is quite a bit of information about this, which I give in the episode. But there is also a lot that they never went over and that we didn't talk about it, which is weird because this cult is less than 10 years old. Um. Well, I mean, I guess not when it was started. It was like 20 years old at this point now. But when it was caught, it was like 2015 when this came out in the world. But there's not like a 
ton about certain parts of it, which is what I want to give the precursor about. And I think it's because of what it entails. It is about rape and sexual assault to children under the age of 16. So I think that's why there's not a ton of information about it is because you're not supposed to put that information out in a sense. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I do kind of gloss over it as much as I possibly can and not get too much into it. Um, but I mean, I do I do probably give a good paragraph towards it. So if it's something you really can't handle, I get it. But I will say I go pretty fast over it. It's more about. Um, well, there's a lot of talk about suicide also in this. Um, you know, if you can handle this one, you can handle it. If not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, I'm going to move on. So tonight's episode. We understand. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all Thena's trying to say. Yeah, is that we understand. I this one's a little heavy in weird ways. Also, it's gonna get messy because this man has three names. Of course he does. <laughs> well, you can't make it easy. <laughs> I can never do that. <laughs> I will never have the struggle though as the I want to say it was the Dayton massacre, the Christmas massacre. I think it was one of the like first five or six episodes we did. No, it was something that had to do with Christmas time. So it was like maybe like in the first 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. And it was the most fucking difficult episode I've ever written because it was like 10 people that killed eight people or something like that. And I was just oh, and like, they all had different. They had nicknames. Yeah, I think it was the Dayton massacre. Was it? it? I feel like it was that one that had that guy that had that really weird name. And then nonetheless, he ordered the most insane meal for his last ever meal. Oh, yeah, Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um... Why is this shoot. one escaping me so bad? I can, like, see him in my yes, head. Yes, me too. I can literally think of this, but I I And can't. I remember the meal. Like, it was, like, a whole-ass cake. And, like, it was, like, a whole bucket of KFC and stuff. Yeah. I feel like it was the Dayton Massacre. That's the yeah, only thing that makes sense. I think sense. it was. Because... Before that, we did the Santa of Covina, which was the Santa Claus guy. And it wasn't that mm-hmm. one. And well, then that after was that. The one, that was the one where, not Santa of Covina, but the the massacre where what, they like walked around and they killed someone that was pregnant. On the payphone and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. And they took her shoes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was a, that was a Dayton. God, I want to know his name. And I know it happened in Dayton, but I just want to remember that man's name. It's going to drive me crazy, of course. But um, I cannot remember it. I can't either. Not for it's the life like of me. It's like on the tip of marvelous, my marvelous, <laughs> marvelous, yes. marvelous Keen. That was his name. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I feel like that was the hardest ever episode I've written yet because there was just so many of everything. Like there's so many names. It's hard when there's so a lot of people, people being murdered because you want to give credit to every single person because they deserve to be talked about but then when you also have a lot of murderers doing the murdering it was like oh my what the fuck i'm like wait who is this person again this is a good guy or a bad guy yeah (laughs) there was just so many and then you had to like try and figure out who the ringleader was and stuff that was that was a difficult one okay so this one um his name is daniel perez and that's probably what i'm gonna call him the least in the whole episode Okay. Because I don't know when, but he started going by Lou Castro. Because that sounds more cult leadery. Well, it reminds me of more culty Adrian Castro. Yeah, Isn't that his name from Ohio, that crazy fucking man that kept the three women in his basement for like twenty years. Yes, 
Is it Adrian Castro? It's. Yes, I think so. That doesn't sound wrong. It like doesn't sound wrong, but doesn't. But sound it doesn't right. sound right. Um, what was that man's name? That can't be it. It's not. Ariel Castro. Ariel. Fuck, I knew that sounded wrong. Ariel Castro. Yes, yes, yes. That was his name. I'm so, yeah, I'm so sorry that I fucked that one up. I'm kind of doing bad on my remembering things lately. I've just been, I don't know, slacking, I guess. I don't know. My memory's not doing too hot. I know. I feel that every day. <laughs> I guess I've just been overwhelmed, maybe. Who maybe. knows? Maybe. <laughs> um, He goes by Lou Castro, and he was a cult leader whose crimes started like getting talked about in 2015, I said, but they didn't really know what the crimes were for a while. It's very confusing until I start to break it down. But what was really happening was he had a deeply disturbed cult he was running. And I'm going to go through and teach you all about as much as I can today. It was called the Angels Landing, and there was a commune that was held on a plot of land near Wichita, Kansas. And oh, shout out to our favorite Kansas podcaster, Crime Scene and Cupcakes. She's a Kansas-based pop. I almost said cupcake. <laughs> she has a cupcake. I need, I need cupcakes now. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the commune was located on a 20-acre property. It was near um, 9,500 block of North Oliver. Wherever that is. Yeah, right. wherever that is. Okay. <laughs> if you're in Kansas, that makes sense, maybe. It was said that the main house on the property that probably like Lou lived in and stuff, it was purchased in Patricia Hughes's name, which is important. And the rest of the houses were then purchased and put on the land of the commune. That main house did have a pool. It was like the big house. It had a big pool, you know, it was right. like nice. Okay. The licenses of all the people that lived there, like if you were driving around in the commune, they thought it was odd because people noticed it was like angel one, angel two, angel three, <laughs> angel four, like, Okay. So you could tell who lived here in this commune and not, right? Well, a big part of it was the concept of angels. Like, that's what drew the followers in was because they were like, oh, like, it's a heavenly place. It's a safe place. It's a, a holy place. It's this strong spiritual vibe, emotionally safe mm -hmm. place. Like, you know, so people obviously are thinking that angels landing, like, just the name of it. It sounds safe. It does sound very nice. And initially, when it was like beginning and being formed, the communal family was really close. So things seemed really positive. But it wasn't after a long time of when people started living there that they realized things were taking a darker turn. Of course, after it's too late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Daniel Perez, the main guy who was known as Lou Castro, he was born in Aransas, Arkansas, probably. No, it's spelled. Aran That's exactly what it's spelled. Oh, it's Texas. Shit. Yeah, it's Aransas Pass, Texas. Sure. In 1959, um, and he was said to be a really charismatic guy, as they usually are when right. they're cult leaders. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It obviously always helps because it helps them draw in followers. So when Daniel started planning this, I think he was going by Lou when he started it, but I could not figure that part quite out. But he wasn't alone. He had like a, a second in command. And it was this woman named Patricia Hughes. And Patricia Hughes was married, mind you, to a man named Brian. <laughs> Not Daniel. Not Daniel or Lou. Or Lou. <laughs> and she was seen as the like matriarch type person of the cult and like the very motherly, like second in command figure. She would tell followers of a time when she knew when Lou got really sick, died and came back to life. 
proving that he is an angel here among humans. And this helps also solidify the fact that he tells his followers he has magical powers. Because he convinced the people to come live there by telling them that he had powers because he was a centuries old angel. And that's how he died and came back to life. And he had these magical powers, including the ability to see the future when you were going to die. And he loved talking about death and the concept of crossing over. But like he would know when you're going to. So he could just warn you. Okay, that's really, really important. And you'll see why in a little bit. But he always knew when someone was going to die. Uh, At this point, Lou would tell his followers that he could also cure diseases. So sometimes if he said you were going to die and you didn't, that's why. Oh, because he cured you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm, What a smart, smart thing to say. (laughs) Right. His followers really did think of him as an angel, though, with powers that were always helping them. And he preyed on people with struggles and tragedies in their lives so that he could easily convince them to join and he would solve their issues especially if they were people having like money issues or anything Mm -hmm. because Lou had a ton of money and he was always supportive of anyone that was willing to be a follower by letting them come live there and everything else, which all of this wrapped up. I'm just going to say it's 2011 around this time. I'm not trying to be mean, but I don't understand how you truly believe someone had magical powers and, or was an angel back in the day when there was like, in. No, I see. I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. When people were like doing healing circles and you just thought someone was like healing someone and the power of the Internet and things didn't exist, I guess. Like, it just seems odd to me. I don't understand how cults still work to this fucking day. Like, I don't understand how they're just like, I like at some point, like there's a choice and you can like. You see like your your response, like Mm -hmm. you have a responsibility (laughs) And I do get it. Sometimes you're in too deep once you figure it out. But to me, this one doesn't even sound like I would even be able to get into it without knowing the truth. Right. The only cult that I have heard of in the past, like, 20 years that I would maybe, like, find a way to buy into is, like, I hate to say this because I'm going to sound fucking stupid after all (laughs) I've bashed on it, but... Maybe Scientology, but for a different reason. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I don't see into the religious side of Scientology. But if I thought that it was going to like make me money the way that the people in Scientology have money and stuff, I think I could buy into it and not notice it. But I would think of it more as like an MLM or something (laughs) like that. I don't notice it as a religion. I notice it as a money marketing scheme, if that makes sense. But other than that, I try to think of cults that have been around in the past few years. And like the main one I think of is Nexium. And I'm like, I saw through that within the first fucking day I heard about it. Like, what do you mean you fell for it? Well, there is a lot of ignorance and not a lot of common sense in this world. I just I'm just I'm not bashing on people that join cults because you no. are usually in a low place when you do it. And I, I I, really do get that. But at the same time, I just don't get it somehow. Yeah. I, yeah. Hmm. And there's usually not dogs in cults. So I'm not there. I there's, wouldn't be there. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely not choosing that. <laughs> now, if PetSmart made a cult, we'd no. be screwed. We'd be <laughs> fucked. Okay. Now, I'm going to keep going by Lou for his name at this point, and it'll explain why, but it's because his followers only knew him by Lou. So, like, if I call him Daniel, 
you're going to be like, well, that would have been easier to catch him if they knew it was Daniel. No one knows it's Daniel. No one knows. Not even his own followers know he's Daniel. Which is why I believe he went by Lou before he met Patricia also, who they later start just randomly calling Trisha instead of Patricia. Okay. So if I switch between Patricia and Trisha, it's just because in my head I got used to hearing Trisha. It's the same. It's yeah. the same person. Same person. Now, if you watch the documentary about this, which is a big source of a lot of the information, it's an hour long. Uh, it's on oxygen, but you can find it on almost anything. There is people that have escaped the cult that talk. And the main one that talks is a woman named Sarah McGrath. And the reason why she's the main one that talks is because her whole family was very in deep. And you'll hear how deep her, her mom and her sister were very vital, deep members of this cult. But also um, she obviously survived it, which makes it a very big point to talk about. You know that you know that you're squeaking your chair, right? That's me. Yeah. I thought that was you. No. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. I'm sorry, everyone, if you could hear that the whole time. I don't know if you will be able to. Yeah. yeah, So I was squeaking my chair this whole time because I thought it was Kylie. And I was at one point going to be like, Kylie, stop squeaking your chair. But I didn't want to be a dick. So I was like, I'll just I'll just bite my tongue about it. No, yeah, it's because it was me. That would have been embarrassing if I called you out. (laughs) It would have been like, but it's concerning that his chair is doing that because my chair is older. Hmm. So that's a little frustrating. <laughs> huh. So whatever you're doing over there. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I can't move at all. Like not even just the slightest. It creaks if I okay. Whew. Okay. Wow, that broke up the stress of all this conversation for a moment. That right? was good. <laughs> um but getting back to it. Uh yeah, she let okay. I talk about Sarah a lot because like I said, like her family is vital and stuff, but also because she's one of the few people that have came forward and have used her name and stuff. And her storyline is so vital into like how this unravels that if they didn't talk to her, it would have been silly. So I get it. So I'm going to use Sarah for a lot of this because it makes sense. It really does. Okay. So Sarah was 17 years old in 2001 when her family decided to join the commune. How did that happen? Well, Lou met her mother while her mom was a real estate agent who was selling him a house. Lou and Sarah's mother, who I believe is named Jen, started spending a lot of time together because like she was showing him houses, right? Like they were all the time looking at houses and like properties. But then it got more intense and she started writing about Lou in her journal. And... She's married also. Okay. (laughs) And Sarah's mother said that one of the things that was really hard was that she hated living so far from Lou because she felt like they had some sort of bond and he was like some sort of angel or like spiritual person that entered her life to make it better. And around this time, one of the main members of the cult, who was Patricia Hughes, you know, the second in command, she noticed this and she came along with Lou some of the times to see the houses and stuff. So like, Lou and Sarah and Sarah and Emily, who you don't know, but that's Sarah's sister and Patricia and Patricia and Lou and Lou is Daniel, Daniel Lou, man. And, uh, the mom, Jen, and like all all these people know each other and they all see how messy this is. And Brian, Patricia's husband, no one cares. They all see Mm -hmm. that it's already a fuck show, but they don't care. Well, then Patricia's like, well, Jen, Sarah, your family, if you guys miss being around Lou so much, just like come here. And she told them, 
They say you can't choose your family, but we're giving you that choice. Come be with your family. And hearing that sentence, especially if you were in a really low spot and you're feeling alone and you feel like maybe like your life is falling apart and you're the one person that you're kind of clinging to and feeling is like the only person that's uplifting you says something like that. I could kind of understand how in that moment she folds a little bit and she's like, wow, that is a good enough reason to leave. I will go live on this commune that she doesn't know is a commune and like be there because if you're feeling that alone and someone says something that like almost nurturing to you, I kind of get it. Yeah, I would have joined the cult in my weird area of divorce 100 percent. yeah no i definitely get it oh no she's not getting a divorce no but i like okay i just wanted to make that clear i was very lonely and oh in yours specifically you're saying okay yes in in my divorce in my personal experience of divorce i would have joined this cult from that information well so she gives them that information and then she considers you know jen the mom considers leaving to become part of the cult. And that's when she gets divorced because her husband's like, no, if you want to go be with Lou, no. Like we're getting divorced. Yeah. Right. So they join, they move, they go to Wichita, whatever. Life is normal for a while. And Lou starts showering everyone with like gifts and money and stuff because they have all this money randomly, like a, like a lot of money. And it's to the point where people are expecting gifts every so often and stuff. Well, in 2003, Sarah gets told that she's going to get a brand new car. So she goes out with Lou. Lou takes her to go pick up this new car. And while they're driving the car back to the commune, she gets a phone call from her sister, Emily, who is hysterical. And she's telling her Patricia Hughes just died. Oh. Now, Patricia Hughes' death was initially ruled accidental because she slipped while walking around the pool of the main house, fell in, hit her head, and drowned. Oof. Now, there was an evident mark on Trisha's head, so no one thought that this story was unreal, and especially because the person that called in to the police was an 11-year-old child named Emily who called in hysterically crying, talking about how she, like, saw and heard and was there for the whole thing. An 11-year-old child. Okay. Mm-hmm. Daniel slash Lou, that man, he had convinced Emily to lie that day and call the police. He said that he wanted Emily to wait 20 minutes while Lou and Sarah could get to the car dealership and then call the police and tell her that she fell and drowned in the pool. So then it didn't look like he was there during the time of the death. Gotcha. Years later, the truth of the murder surfaced when um, Emily McGrath, who is no longer a child, she went back to the police and she talked about what actually happened that day, which we'll discuss later towards like the trial more. So put a pin in it and we'll actually talk about it. But she didn't, she didn't fall in the pool. Pin is inserted. Yes. (laughs) Lou told a bunch of his followers when Trisha died that she was going to come back to life. So her followers, his followers didn't need to worry about her. So everyone was like, oh, okay, she died, but it is okay because she's going to come back to life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Later that same year in 2003, the authorities authorities started digging into Lou because they thought that it was weird that there was this accidental death and how much money was on the line because Patricia Hughes had quite a large life insurance policy on her. And then they noticed that other members of the same area in that commune with those weird license plates all had taken out large 
life insurance policies around mm-hmm. the same time. Okay. Which is just an odd sign. Um, but they were also alive, so that wasn't like super odd, but it was just odd. So they're like, well, we're gonna dig just a little. So they look into Lou Castro and they realize there is zero documentation of him in any of the 50 states, like not even like a birth certificate or anything. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to really wonder about Angel's Landing, especially the narcotics division starts worrying because they're like, where's all this money? Where's coming all from? this money? <laughs> this is probably drug related. Like it's a drug ring. That makes sense. Angel dust. I mean, it does make sense. It does. That could have been a really good front. Well, it wouldn't have because he would have gotten caught. <laughs> right. But it, yes, it makes sense. Now, following the death of Patricia, her husband, Brian, seemed to start spiraling into a pit of depression really deeply. And it got to the point where he started sleeping with Trisha's photograph at night and he would seek comfort in talking to Lou about her death and death in general. Lou would continuously tell Brian that death wasn't something he should fear because he's going to be reunited with his wife someday and all this stuff and that like it comes full circle and that she'll come back as an angel and all this stuff. And also he was telling Brian that Brian was going to die young. So he needn't he didn't need to worry about it. Like his time was not that far away. Because remember, he knows when people are going to die. Right. He didn't need to worry about Mm -hmm. it. Okay. And Brian was a very experienced mechanic who had worked most of his life on cars. And he worked in a body shop not very far away. And then one day in March of 2006, he died in a freak accident where a car fell on him. Okay. It was hoisted up and it just fell. Mm. Hmm. Right? Yeah. A little sus. So once Brian Hughes passed away, authorities started tracking the information of those that were in the cult better because people came forward, people came to the funeral. Different reasonings helped them start tracing people. And they started looking into the members and more about the information about them than Lou itself. And they started looking at bank statements, insurance policies, and anything they could get their hands on. Because you got to follow the money. Mm-hmm. It tells a story. And they noticed that. They noticed a trend, a very, very weird trend. Oh, God. They noticed every few years, approximately almost like every two and a half years almost, the funds in the cult would get really low. They would go from like skyrocketing from millions of dollars to being like barely $2,000 in the bank account. Okay. And then all of a sudden, when it would hit like that really low mark of under $5,000, an accidental death in the cult would occur and all the money would be restored due to life insurance policies. Don't like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The investigators later learned that Hughes, like one of the Hugheses, and I want to say it was Patricia, was collecting millions of dollars in life insurance payouts. And in the end, there would have been six deaths that ruled as accidents that were all connected to the cult that kept this trend up that they noticed. So that's how long they tracked. It was like almost up to 12 years worth. And Patricia Hughes alone had a $1.24 million life insurance just on herself. Jesus. What was she? Why was she worth so much money? Right? Like, my life insurance is not a million dollars. Not at all. I thought thought it was bougie that my dad's was triple digits. Right. I was like, that's crazy. That's so much money. Oh, my gosh. When's he going to (laughs) die? I was only a child. Like, when's that going to happen? Um, but yeah, over a million. That's what that that's wild. Well, how is that like calculated? I guess I have no idea. How are you like? Uh, yeah. Well, 
Well, the, don't you have to pay on it? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. I it. don't totally understand life insurance. And we talk about it so often. We should probably learn something. Probably. In all honesty. Well, I mean, like, like I have life insurance through my place of employment. Same. But like, I don't pay on it. It's not something that I don't think normally, I do either. Yeah, it's not. It's not something that it's something that is normally like a benefit to you, and it's not something that you pay towards. Yeah, like my work because of the beliefs of my boss he pays our like health and vision and dental and stuff like that and he pays our life insurance if there is one I guess because I don't pay it the only thing that I pay is my 401k other than that I don't have to pay anything Mm -hmm. so I don't know what I'm supposed to pay for if I quit my job I'm so lost on how to be an adult (laughs) I don't know how to do it one bit (laughs) I am too I mean none of us do we're just you know Floating on a rock. Floating on by. <laughs> the, so the thing about that 1.24 mil, um, it went to Brian, her husband, not uh-huh. Lou, which makes sense, right? Right. But then remember, Brian dies not too long accident. later in a freak accident. Mm-hmm. Some people, though, don't think that Brian's death was like, they think it was a suicide. Like, even like, uh... Emily and her sister. Uh, why did the main girls, Sarah? God, I forgot her name for a minute. <laughs> Even Emily and Sarah thought that it was a suicide because they didn't think that Lou killed him. Like no one thought that Lou killed him. But what they did think was that Brian kicked the Jack out from the car himself to commit suicide because Lou talked him into it. Mm. Like they think that Lou had that sort of a hand in this is or that like, he's convincing people to commit suicide well there's also like a subconscious you're like oh you're gonna die next week I'm like oh cool mm-hmm. and then you know you manifest that and that's what he's doing at this point is he's embedding these suicidal thoughts and death thoughts in everyone's head at this point and it was getting hard for investigators to find things out because angel's landing cult was not housed in just that one place the group was like every so often moving state to state to recruit people and get things and stuff. So it was making tracking Lou and his crimes harder. And the investigation into Lou Castro itself centered around what investigators called him unexplained wealth. Because again, they were still thinking, even though there's these unexplained deaths, they thought it had to do with drugs. And so the narcotics division was the main people in charge of this, like trying to find information out this Mm -hmm. whole scheme. And they were still trying to break it down, wondering how Lou was running a drug ring, which Lou Castro sounds like a drug leader. Oh, yeah. In my head. Oh, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, where did all of the original money come from? Like, yes, I understand that there's a trend. I feel like there wasn't initial money. I feel like it was debt. And then it slowly got so bad that he's like, Patricia would be the best one. Because it's kind of weird that he would kill his main follower first. Right. Except for maybe she was worth the most and she had the most to gain if she turned on him or something. In my mind, that's what makes sense. But that doesn't mean it's the truth. Yeah. No, it does make sense. Authorities spent nine years investigating this whole thing. And since Lou didn't technically have a job and he had absurd amount of money, they like were still calling it unexplained wealth because he literally did not have a single career or job. Right. A detective had sifted through his trash and was trying to find information out. 
And then one day he ended up tailing Lou because he saw one of the the angel license plates, right? Mm-hmm. And he followed it around and he ended up finding Lou and he ended up following him all the way to like a local restaurant diner. And he sees Lou eating. And so the moment Lou gets up to leave, this detective walks up to one of the staff members. and He's like, hey, those dishes from that table before you take them and clean them. Can I have them so that I can use them to make a case? And they were like, yeah, of course. However... There were no conclusive matches for the fingerprints because of the way, like, the matches came back. They were just too too fuddled up mm-hmm. that they weren't usable. So they were still at ground zero. They re- weren't really sure if that, even if it was a cult or, like, what was happening, but they knew that something shady was there. And they didn't know how these freak accidents tied in with the drugs that they assumed were there and how everything was ha- occurring and or the money. Then in September of 2008... The authorities were once again notified about a strange death at Angel's Landing. Previously, Lou had told Sarah that her mother would be dying soon. And that was one of the next people to like Mm -hmm. have an accident in his mind is how he describes it. And he told her that he used his powers of knowing the future to find this out. Well, not long after he told Sarah this, she was notified that her mother, Jennifer, had an accident, a car accident. And, like, instantly when she got the phone call, she knew her mom was dead. Like, there was no problem. She knew. She knew. That's sad. Jen had gotten into a car accident that killed her on impact. She slammed into another, like, like a, almost like a semi. She just slammed into it full force. Okay. Now, Lou was telling all of his followers that Trisha and Brian would come back to life. And now he's like, Jen will do that too, though. So no one needs to worry. But remember, at this point, still no one's came back to life except for him. Right. Yeah. Right. And there was no way that Lou had a hand in this death. It was a car crash and he was nowhere near it. But that's when people were like wondering if Lou had a hand in convincing his followers to commit suicide because they're like, it's weird, though. Like, it's still weird, but he's not pulling the trigger. But we think he's handing out the gun, if that makes sense. Yeah. That wasn't the only scary thing happening right now, though, at Angel's Landing. So if him trying to convince all of his adult followers to, like, commit suicide wasn't bad enough, Lou would try and convince his younger followers that there was things that were wrong with them. He would tell them that they were broken and they needed fixing. He told them the only way to fix them, since he was an angel, was um, by um, having sex with him. Okay. And he told the younger followers that if they weren't fixed, they would never be able to fall in love. They would never get married. They'd never be a good person. No one will ever love them. Then They'll never have a good life. Anything. So full disclosure, sex does not fix things. <laughs> in any situation. It, no, no, no. <laughs> it usually makes it more complicated. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where he's getting his in- intel. Right. <laughs> well, and another thing. I'm sorry, but... I these kids probably weren't telling their parents because if not, that would raise another big red flag of the fact that he's calling himself this angel and stuff. And I know that not everyone is religious that listens, but there's this thing that says like to not sleep with like underage people and stuff like that and like not do things like that. And if he's this like godly angel, why is he fucking an eight year old? Like you see what I'm saying? This is super contradictory to what he thinks he is and what the parents think he is. Seems a little less Christian. Yeah. I feel like the parents would be like, "Mm, please don't have sex with my underage child. Right. 
Sarah McGrath told Oxygen that Lou had raped her repeatedly, saying he was fixing her while she was a child. And she said, there was nothing I could do. I just remember saying, am I fixed now? And she goes on to like talk about it further in the episode. And she's just like, he told me, no, I wasn't fixed. And I had to keep doing this and keep coming back to him because I was only fixed for a time. And if I wanted to stay fixed, I had to keep repeating the process of being with him. And that like, I wasn't, I wasn't good. Ever going to be. Yeah. Like I wasn't a good person yet. Lou started threatening his followers that if they ever tried to tell anyone the truth about what was happening, like bad things would happen. Like to Sarah, he threatened to kill her own dad because she was a big daddy's girl. And he's like, if you tell your family or anyone about what I'm doing to you, like I'll kill your father. So she's like, obviously I can't tell anyone. Seems like a red flag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like a slight red flag. Lou said that part of his like being an angel and staying alive so long and everything else was that he needed to have sex with young girls to like keep this up, I guess. Kind of like, like vampire. Like, I don't know. I don't really know where that vampire like. (laughs) But his victims were usually aged eight to 16, according to what they later talk about in the Kansas Bureau of Investigation Sex Offender Registry, where they note him. Now, between that whole thing happening Mm -hmm. and the assisted suicide methods that were supposedly happening and the life insurance frauds that were happening due to death, authorities were like, this might be a cult. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> might be. Whoa, shit. Maybe this isn't drugs. This might be a fucking cult. Could you imagine, though? <laughs> like, going through the operation, you're like, where the fuck is this money? Like, where <laughs> is it? Where are the drugs? Like, where is it? And then you're and like, they're so hell bent on that that they aren't yes. even opening their eyes. They're tunnel visioning themselves. <laughs> God. Right. Like, rose colored glasses to the fucking drugs when there's no drugs. There's like, no oh, drugs. Fuck. Guys, we have a cult. Every other cult in the world has drugs. This one doesn't. And they're like, it's drugs. And he's like, no, there's no drugs. You won't catch me. That's how you don't get caught in a cult. Don't have drugs and your cult won't get caught, apparently. Apparently. Jesus. So there was a lab tech that was like, hey, authorities, if you want me to do something to like catch this man, get me fingerprints. That's all I need is fingerprints and I can tie down everything. We can catch him. It'll be fine. So they tell this one like detective guy that and he's like, okay, yeah, because Lou isn't his real name clearly because we can't find anything about Lou existing. Right. So they have this goal. They have this plan, if you will, that they created. They have two of the detectives go into Angel's Landing where they take a packet of photos. And what they're doing is essentially being like, they kind of like lie and they're like, we think these are suspicious people. They might have like a tie with drugs or something. <laughs> There's something wrong here, but they're right. not giving in that they think these people are part of the cult and they're not giving away like Lou or anyone. It's just like random other people. So they take this packet of photos and they're like, what we're going to do is hand them this packet, get them to like put their fingerprints on the pictures where we can get a clear sample because of like the way your fingerprints Hey, that's not a bad idea. Like, that's actually pretty clever. Fucking brilliant, right? Yeah. So they hand this packet over to Lou and Lou dumps the packet on on a pool table and then just uses the tips of his fingernails to move the photos around and never lets his fingertips touch anything. So he 100% knows. Oh, yeah, that backfired hella hard. Damn. So they're like, okay, thanks. When they, like, go to leave, they're like, hmm, well, hmm. 
okay. This man has to touch something. <laughs> They're like, hmm, what do we do now? Well, Lou was pissed off because he like knew. He realized they were closing in on him. He's like, why else yeah. would they want me to be touching this? Like, why did they come after me specifically to ask? Like, so he's like, I'm going to take a road trip to Tennessee. Meanwhile, he's relocating the cult. He took a few of the followers with him. And like one of the followers he took was Emily, Sarah's sister. Mm-hmm. Like the girl that witnessed Patricia's mm-hmm. whole thing. Okay. But he left Sarah behind because Sarah's a little bit older now. So he leaves Sarah behind and Sarah's like, whoa, it's so weird not being controlled by this man. (laughs) I'm going to be a normal human now. So she like goes out and does things like she goes out for dinner and out to bars and she has a normal life where she's not hooking up with this creepy old man that's ruining her life and made her mother commit suicide. Right. She meets this guy. And she starts dating him in Kansas and Lou's in Tennessee. And while she's dating this new guy, at one point, Lou like calls her and he's like yelling at her over the phone and stuff. And her boyfriend was like, um, what the fuck? Why are you letting him treat you like that? He's in Tennessee. Stop. So mm-hmm. he like yanks the phone out of her hand and he's like, don't ever fucking call my girlfriend. Don't talk to her. Don't be a part of her life. Like, leave her alone. Like, stop. Just quit. And then she's like, why did you do that? And he's like, because of the stories you've told me about him over the years, like, babe, I, I think he's controlling your life. Right. Like, you you need to, to get out, okay? So as this is happening, and she tells her boyfriend all the stuff that's happening, he's like, I think you were also raped. Oh. And she's like, what? And he's like, uh, what you're describing, he he raped you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh my God. And it's all starting to click how like deep she was in this and stuff. And she's like, wow. Like, yeah, I was in a cult, I think. <laughs> so she goes to bed that night. Right. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend is like, yeah, no, I'm like pissed off. He literally like Googles the FBI website and writes them an email. <laughs> Who does that? And he's like, hey, I think my girlfriend used to be in a cult. And, like, here's all the information. It was called Angel's Landing. It was here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I don't know the man that was in charge, but he's in her phone as Joe Venegas. What? Um, And uh, her family and my girlfriend, they used to all be part of the cult and all this stuff. And, like, yeah, he lives um, somewhere else now. I don't know where he lives, but he left her here. But you need to close in on this Joe Venegas guy. (laughs) And just write some an email. <laughs> the FBI is like, um, the fuck? <laughs> that's weird. But it's also very alarming because it said Angel's Landing. Right. And they were like, that's not who we know. We know Lou. Right. Who is Joe Venegas? And right away, they like start talking to the same people that have been tracking this for the past, like forever many years at this point. And they're like, hey, so now we have this new name, Joe Venegas. Maybe it's someone that works with Lou Castro. So they see that there is bank activity for the name Joe Venegas. And between Lou Castro and Joe Joe Venegas, there's bank activity back and forth of them like transferring funds. And things like that. And they noticed that Joe Venegas set up a bank account in Tennessee. So they're like, okay, we're going to contact that bank and get the security footage. The moment they start watching it. Now, remember, they met Lou Castro numerous times. Right. They see Lou Castro opening a bank in Joe Venegas's name using new identification, everything. And they're like, that's a federal crime. Right. 
They're like, so it doesn't matter what else we have. We right now have him already on a federal crime. We can arrest him. So they finally had real evidence, but they still don't know that he's Daniel Perez. They don't know his real identity still, but they like have something. So authorities approach in on the Tennessee residency and they just like walk up and they're like, hi, Lou, you're under arrest. (laughs) They surrounded his house instantly. Like they, they, they get him within like seconds of coming up to the house. He doesn't even put up a struggle. They take him to the local jail. They took fingerprints and they wasted zero time. Mm -hmm. They sent them into the national database and almost instantly they get a hit and they're like, uh, this is a man named Daniel Perez. (laughs) This is three names now, dude. <laughs> and Daniel Perez was arrested on like more petty crimes in his like younger years. So they they had him in the system. So they originally this like Lou slash like Joe guy was indicted on aggravated identity theft and social security fraud where he only had two years. That's all they could do for him technically. Mm-hmm. So that was like... That's all they had evidence of. Yeah. So that literally set a timer on them. They were like, we have two years to figure out how to take down Angel's Landing and figure out everything. Like, clock started. Yeah. So after working on this case for almost like, at this point, almost nine years or something like that, they finally have small evidence and it restarted everything. They're like, okay, we're back at ground zero again. Like, for the third time somehow. But he's out of the way. He's out of the way, but now they also have to figure out if there's even someone going to take over the cult, how the cult's being formed, how the cult's being worked, everything. And now they also know it's in more than one state. Which is frustrating. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Inconvenient, to say the least. So they contact Sarah because they're like, hey, that that boyfriend guy, (laughs) he gave us all of her information. So, yeah, we're going to contact her. And they're like, hey, so your boyfriend contacted us here at the FBI. Let's talk. (laughs) What? Could you imagine? I want to know if they like called her up, if they wrote her a letter, if they like showed up at her job. Like Joe Bo with FBI. Because you you can't (laughs) not like, especially after you figured out, you finally figure out you're in a cult. You're like, Jesus Christ. Now the FBI wants to talk to me. Like you have to believe that they're part of the cult. Like it's not a real thing right now. I bet. Yeah. Well, you'd be questioning everything Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And nonetheless, I'm sure she probably saw or heard at least on some level, they told her and showed her clips of Lou, Daniel, man, Joe being arrested. (laughs) And she's probably like, no, this, this isn't real. And also only for two years, I can't say anything. He's going to be out in two years. Right. There are so many things that are just, little crazy about there. This. Yeah. Well, Sarah decided to go against all of her scared thoughts and work with the authorities. So she told them how she was treated in the commune, how there was abuse, sexual abuse, her theories of the death and suicide and everything that happened while living at Angel's Landing. She brings up the whole concept of the assisted suicide theory. And that's when they were like, so you think Patricia Hughes didn't kill herself? And she's like, well, no. Not necessarily. And if she didn't, if she did kill herself, it's only because he made her. So they're like, well, there was that one person that saw it. Emily, let's contact your sister, Emily. Now, Emily says, remember, we put a pin in it. Mm -hmm. She says what happened that day was she heard a splash and then she heard screaming. And then she saw Lou wet and out of breath. And then Patricia was dead as he was like crawling out of the pool. Right. And then he told her, you have to wait 20 minutes because you don't know what you saw. I have to leave here. 
I'm going to take your sister to go get a car. So see, even your sister is getting the benefits of this. If you and your sister want to like stay happy, you know, um, then you have to call and say that she drowned and she hit her head. Yikes. Now, 11 year old girl, like, yes. come on. And here's another thing. Just days before this event, he warned Emily that he was going to kill Trisha. He oh. warned her. So she was also probably living on edge of fear of when this was going to happen. And how she was like a part of it. Yes. Like why, and on top why of that, tell me? Remember, he's like predicting people's death. I'm wondering how many other people, whether it was Sarah or anyone, he's like, I think Patricia's going to die soon. Because yeah. he's probably telling other people and everyone's freaking the fuck out. Because then it solidifies like his power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So authorities found a tie that could put Lou Castro away for murder officially, which they know Lou's Daniel, but it would happen while he was Lou, so... They also learned that the followers at Angel's Landing didn't realize that Lou was essentially telling them that he was in charge of who would live and who would die because he was choosing to convince who to kill themselves. He was being a master manipulator. Right. So essentially he was playing God. Right. He's Kira. (laughs) Death Note. Okay. Um, Witnesses testified at his trial that they that he ran a whole scheme of life insurance frauds and that's what this whole cult was actually like based around and it wasn't just the like sexual exploitation of the kids it was also about the money from the the life insurance and that they like went hand in hand i mean it's kind of genius it kind of is really upsettingly genius And I mean, if he would have just stuck with the first like one or two kills, he would have had like two or three million dollars. He could have then gave up and been like, I'm done with the coal and ran away with the the millions of dollars. Right. Or just like in, invest it and just like continuously make money. money. Like, there was a lot of ways yeah. he could have really easily but not she gotten got caught. greedy. Now, witnesses also said that because of that, him needing to do that life insurance it's because he got so used to the lavish lifestyle and giving it to his followers also that that's why he needed to keep it up so he would just spend it all and then realize that it was gone and then be Uh like oh someone's gonna die now and that's why it would deplete and that's why he had to like do it again at each of those times like how they thought they were right it was like a reoccurring theme because of that over the course of the seven years daniel collected millions of dollars in life insurance payouts and remember, I said that he got more than one million just from Patricia Hughes. So even after her husband took it over and then he killed off the husband, in a sense, there was still over a million dollars left on Patricia's that he inherited. Wouldn't it be just like the biggest red flag that all of these insurance plans were in his name, though? <laughs> I mean, not all of them were, but you know what I'm saying? That's part of the cult thing, though, is when you come here, you sign over your stuff. Yeah, and it's probably because he's like, I can figure out who is and isn't going to die. Maybe that was part of it. He's like, I'll tell you if you're going to die soon or not. But if you're going to die soon, you should give back to the cult. You should give back to Angel's Landing. Sign oh, it yeah, over. maybe that's what it's it is. probably stuff like that yeah. where it doesn't almost seem that bad in the moment. But it's because he's controlling your death. You're not actually going to die, person. He's telling you that. Right. But they didn't see it that way. So they didn't know. They're like, this angel's telling you that. Yeah, it makes sense. So Daniel was arrested in 2010 when he had relocated to Tennessee and he had changed his name to Joe. And when he was opening that bank account with the fake name, that's how they tracked him down. So literally it was the silliest thing. Like (laughs) of all of it, it's great. It's kind of silly. In February of 2015, at age 55, Daniel received multiple life sentences 
His charges, he had 28 charges at the time. Jesus. They included rape, aggravated criminal sodomy, sexual exploitation of a child, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, and murder. Uh, The murder of Patricia Hughes, specifically. Mm -hmm. None of the other murders he was technically charged with. So Because they were more accidental? I guess. So if you're thinking out of 28 charges, only one of those is murder, I am scared to know how many, how it's broken down with the rest of those. Right. That's terrifying. It's a lot of charges. Mm-hmm. His sex offender registry indicates that he began abusing the children in 2001 and the abuse didn't end until 2015. So he, he kept it going that whole time to different members. Time. Yeah. He will be eligible for parole when he is 120 years old. Good luck with that. Yep. I think it was supposed to be he had to be like 80 years or something. I don't remember what it was, but he'll be 120 when he gets it. So he won't be alive. Well, I mean, you never know. Maybe. <laughs> And he is reportedly being held at Lansing Correctional Facility in Kansas, but it's not confirmed currently. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, there is some more I could have went into in certain spots, and I am aware, but information on this one is a little bit harder. And the further you dig, it's into some testimonies, and it does get kind of really murky, muddy, sad, and scary. Yeah. And I didn't want to... So, here's the thing. Kylie noticed this. I have only done two cults. Mm-hmm. And somehow, out of all the cults in the world, I have accidentally only done the two child rape cults. Uh-huh. I don't know how I did not make that connection until I did it. Um, but I think it's because they're they're smaller. They're smaller, yes. Yeah. Um, and that's why I did them because I'm I know I've been writing for a while, and honestly. You guys are so nice, by the way. I get a lot of feedback on my research and how really good it is and how I have a lot of stuff. And I get a lot of really nice compliments, which, by the way, thank you guys. Those do mean a lot to me. People really understand how much hard work I put into this. But at the same time, it does take a small um, piece of my mental health when it's bigger, um, like longer things. And when it's like multiple parts and when it's so many deaths which cults you should have usually have numerous deaths and like i can't just bust out jonestown in a (laughs) one-parter and i also know how mind grueling it is and stuff and it just it's a little hard sometimes to bust out cults you gotta really really be in the right mind mind frame so i just i haven't really been able to do cults yet because i'm still nervous to do them and i just can't bring myself to yet but since these are shorter I was able to knock them out in one part both of them which I guess I did one other cult I did Scientology but that's not a cult so um it's a religion I gotta tickle my throat weird um so with that being the case and Scientology was a multi-parter um I didn't mean to do these two cults. My next cult, actually, I already planned my next cult and it is a sex cult also, but it's not children. Dude. <laughs> it's not children. Okay, okay. It's adults. <laughs> so there's so there's consent. It's fine. No, there's not. Uh, no, there's really not. That's the right. worst part. Oh, I wish I could say there was. Well... So with that being the case, I didn't use as many sources because the sources I used had enough information 
And I, I really wanted to stop digging into the children's part of this. So I used the docu-series. It was the Deadly Cults series by Oxygen. It's season two, episode two. It's just called Angel's Landing. It is um, mostly Sarah and then a few other people talking. And I put a lot of the stuff in here. So it's if you listen to this and you watch that, you're gonna be like, oh, that's a lot of the same information. But there is stuff I didn't put in. So you can still watch it and get new footage out of it, if that makes sense. There was also two articles that had a lot of information for me. One was called, and this this is a title. It's always with the titles, man. <laughs> Angel's Landing Survivor Recalls Escaping Deadly Cult and New Doc. It didn't last long for things to turn. And take long. Take long. For things to turn. Whew. That's by Fox News. Of course it is. <laughs> Fox, we need to talk about your labeling <laughs> skills. <laughs> Well, they just, it's the click and bait. Yeah. Um, and then I used another one called Horrifying Cult Led by Centuries Old Angel with Six Sex Abuse at Its Heart. And that one was written by the Cult Education Institute itself. That's so. definitely clickbait also. Like, yeah. It's hard not to click on that. Yeah. Yep. 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 So those were my main sources and they <laughs> they had a lot of firsthand footage. Everything did. So there wow. you go. Actually, you guys know what? You want to know what? You want to know something, by the way, guys? Yes. What? This technically was a requested episode. Really? By fucking Kylie. What? How is it mine? <laughs> when we very ever first started making my database of information and episodes I would like to cover, I had told Kylie and a third person that we will not speak of right now <laughs> to bring me a few um cases that they think I should cover and Kylie specifically googled what are some crazy lesser known cults oh yeah and then she dug through a bunch of stuff and she's like wow I didn't know about this one and it actually happened really recently and it's crazy because it has to do with kids and blah 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 and she's like I no, think I we think should I do knew, it I don't think I knew it was about kids I don't I think I just like skimmed through mm -hmm. all of the things and she was like, I think we should do this episode. And I was like, okay, I will. And I wrote it down that this one was Kylie's suggestion. <laughs> I literally don't remember it. It's hilarious. So there's that, guys. Kylie gives me shit, but fuck <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> you know. There's that. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Well. No, you. because even when I'm like trying to help, I'm half-assing it <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> by going into Google search and being like, what's the most recent lesser known cults? And then, you know, choose which one, you know, clickbait. Yeah. Choose which one tickles my fancy. Guess that was it. <laughs> this was it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know what it said, but. <laughs> this is the one. You got it. Here's your requested one. Are right. you are you happy? I mean, I enjoy learning about these things. Um, it's happy, just hard. Yeah. yeah, happy is not the word, but it's definitely like. Interesting <sighs> to learn about so that we don't repeat errors in life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think it's also really funny to listen to these types of things and being like. Are. 
our our government was like, nah, it's about drugs. <laughs> and then I do think it's funny they were so fucking adamant. Yeah, but it, it's also like you know it's a mystery, and so it's kind of fun to just like listen to where the story's gonna go because sometimes you just you have no idea. You just literally have no idea. Well, and then like last week's episode, yeah, it was hard to hear all of the different like information about how people were being hurt and dying. But then at the end, we learn why he did what he did. And it's just like, okay, all of the pieces come together. And it's, you know, it's like a mystery of like, why is he doing this all of a sudden, randomly out of nowhere? And then you get the answer. So it's kind of like a puzzle. Yeah, I I could see that. Welcome to true crime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, though. After everything. Yeah. It's just like, you gotta, you, know, you always find it in the money. You always find it in the money. I forgot. But I, not this time. <laughs> um, I forgot I did have one other thing that I was going to bring up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's super like, it's super off topic in a weird way. And it's going to make people question the things that are on my socials. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hate it that I have to start it with a question. What's the name of that porn star with the glasses? Do you know what I'm saying? No. Hmm. Okay. Girl, okay. Boy? Yeah, okay. Google this for me. I, it's going to sound sketchy. Just it, trust me. Okay. Google female porn star with the glasses. She's like, uh... It's, I want to call her Mia, but I feel like I'm... Oh, I know who you're talking about now that you said Mia. Is it Mia? Mia Khalifa? Is that her name or did I make that up? I think. Isn't that her? Sorry if you guys can hear Shiro. Yeah, I'm not pausing for Shiro this time because I'm talking about a porno. So we're just going to roll through (laughs) it. (laughs) it. Um... Is her name Mia Khalifa? 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 I'm working on it. Okay. Well, either way. My point is, you know how she made a bajillion bucks and then she retired from porn and then she mm-hmm. went to like. <sighs> it's like safe search is off. Are you sure? You want to search it? <laughs> yeah, it's Mia Khalifa. OK, I didn't make that up. OK, so. She went to college and I know I remember hearing about her in the past for other reasons, like she went to like a private military school when she was younger and she ended up going to college. She ended up getting some degrees and stuff like that. Well, I came across how people are freaking out. Only Pretty much only like people in America are freaking out because she gave a speech to upcoming and new students at Oxford University about like <laughs> money and business and like all that kind of stuff. Because technically, like, I it's mean, a business. She, yeah. And she is a businesswoman in a sense. Yeah. And she's a millionaire. I think even maybe a billionaire, but I know she's a millionaire. And so Let's she went. Look. I'll look at her okay. net worth in a second. So she went over to England, you know, where Oxford is, the university, and she gave mm-hmm. this speech and stuff. And people overseas are all like, yeah, own it because, you know, they think not less of sex work. I don't mean it like that. They think less badly is how I mean it. They, they don't see it as taboo as we do in America, I guess. Yeah. But all these like Americans were writing on like the news articles in the post being like, oh, God, it's me. And like making jokes and stuff. Holy shit balls. So, how much is a net worth? Oh, my God. Oh, God. What is it? Do you want to guess? It's not billions. 
a hundred no 375 million no oh no 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 eight million oh um but her salary is 250,000 per video does she still make money i think she has to because well i mean it's like residual at this point right that's crazy her monthly income is 310,000 um, and then I'm sure she got paid to do the speaking event and stuff like that. I remember she auctioned off those glasses she used in all the pornos. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I don't even remember how much they went for, but I remember that was a big deal. Yeah. Oh, I want to. Oh, my gosh. Um, hmm. OK, uh, OK. You find it. Yep. OK. Ex-porn star Mia Khalifa. If I'm saying that wrong, I'm so sorry. I guess I don't watch enough porn, clearly. Haha jokes. Okay. Um her glasses fetched over a hundred thousand dollars and she gave all of it to Lebanon Relief in 2020. Well, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's respectable. She said it was going to be for the Red Cross in Lebanon, and um she was 27 at the time. And she was born in 1993. How does that make you feel? I will never have that money in her and I are the same age. Yep. That's disgusting. Yep. Okay. I mean, we could. So <laughs> that's she, the problem. Like that's she posted a bunch of stuff on she, TikTok. Sorry, I'm 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 so I'm still so engulfed in these glasses. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I, I feel you. What you were saying. I just I'm so amazed by this glasses thing. She posted a bunch of stuff on TikTok about the Lebanon's humanitarian needs and like the explosions and all the things that happened. And she said that she was raising a bunch of money. And then someone made like a, a post saying like donate like a big amount or whatever. And she had 10 million followers at the time. And she said, they need our help because their government's corrupt and they're not doing anything about it. She said, I'm going to do off what I can. I'm going to auction off the original Mia Khalifa glasses. They're going to be on eBay right now. And every single penny goes to it. And she specifically cleared off the auction with eBay and sent all the money to the Lebanese Red Cross. And she live streamed the final bidding that day and everything. She talked on global news about it and stuff. And she said the novelty glasses were the best prop. I'll even sign them if someone wants for more. And I'll take a last Polaroid wearing them before sending them off to her new home. Wow. You want to hear her favorite dish? Yeah. Cheesecake. Ah, I love her. We could be friends. And I think I like Mia Khalifa. Her, she's I don't know her porn, Aquarius. I wonder. I don't. I don't want to Google it, obviously. But I. I nope, am very yeah, confused. What kind of porn she did? Don't Google it. But I'm not going to look it up or anything. <laughs> like I'm not that uh, deep about this whole friendship with her. But, but yeah, she spoke up at Oxford, and it was on my feed and stuff because I have a lot of stuff from England on my feed because I like One Direction, who are British, most of them. So I have a lot of British things on my feed. So like randomly stuff from Oxford gets sent to me and it's like, look, what's happening in Oxford? And they were like, look, Mia Khalifa is going to come speak. And I was like, why is this on my feed? And I was like, oh, shit, these comments are wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) And it was only the Americans that were being disrespectful, though, mostly like people from other countries and stuff like that. And like other places were all super proud of her and talking about how it was important and it was amazing and how it's a new time pretty much in like. They were like, you have to understand that at some point, you know, maybe that's going to be a thing. People from also like OnlyFans are going to be some of the biggest money making people in our society and stuff mm-hmm. and things like that. They could speak out about how to start a business from the ground up because technically they did. Well, there's another like girl on TikTok. I don't remember her name at all. I know she has brown hair, but that's all I got. <laughs> um, She makes the same amount as Mia Khalifa. 
Well, and it's I, insane. I it's fucking insane money. hate this girl more than anything, but I'm going to bring her into the conversation real quick. Belle Delphine. I don't know who that is. Yes, you do. Okay. Um, Belle Delphine is the girl that she had braces. And so she embraced looking kind of childlike and she wore like pastel pink wigs and stuff like that. And she made not uh, raunchy videos technically, but kind of raunchy videos where like the title would be like, watch me take five dicks to the mouth. And then it would be like her eating... A, I actually a brand of hot dog title. Don't dicks. know who this is. But. And then she sold her bath water. She's so is she girl. like the original person that yeah. sold bath water? Yeah, she was okay. the first one. And then she like made the millions of dollars there and stuff. And then nowadays she I think does she does OnlyFans. And I want to say she does real porn on it. Because for a long time she was like, I'm never gonna do real porn. I don't know if it's because she wasn't 18 that mm. she was staying clothed or whatever, but I know that she did stay only lewd and never nude for a long time but i i am 100 sure that nowadays it's nude because of like things i've heard people say about her mm-hmm. but with that being the case um she does fetishize and like aim towards the fact that she looks young and she kind of like yeah that and she goes on like <sighs> i've seen the exact posts people talking about it and i like i am cringing just like talking and thinking about it in a sense but she makes it a point to have her fan base be people that are fans of younger looking people fans yeah. of rape and fans of abducting people and like holding them hostage like she did this one whole set of someone kidnapping her as she is a child coming home from camp mm. and then putting her in the back of a van while she's in like a little dress, ripping up her dress and then like raping her in the van and holding her hostage. And then she posted about it being like, I'll be your favorite thing to like keep in the back of your van. No one has to know. And like she did this whole set and stuff and then people got really mad and stuff. And she's like, oh my gosh, but I'm actually 18. So it's consensual. And they were like, yes, but what you're portraying isn't. And right. stuff. And like it got to be this big thing. And I might not have all the information because I'm clearly not going out and like searching for it. But I know that that was a big reason why she got a ton of hate is like the way she portrays things and how it fetishizes gross things. It's amazing what things, you know, make money. Yes. In in our world today. But yeah, and she has a huge money standpoint and stuff. And she's used it in her power because she posted a TikTok. Well, she didn't. Joshua Tree, the musician, Mm -hmm. posted a TikTok of him and Belle Delphine making out. And that was like it. <laughs> that was okay. like a whole TikTok. Okay. I don't know Joshua Tree's music or anything like that, but it was stunning for a lot of people to see. And they were talking all about it on social media. Like everyone was freaking out being like, I can't believe he did that. She's almost uh, to Mia Khalifa. So her net worth in 2023 was five million. Oh, my God. <sighs> five million dollars. Mm-hmm. For just hanging out. Uh-huh. Yep. So I don't have a p- favorite porn star, but if I did, I have, <laughs> I've never seen any of her porns, but I have a favorite porn star. That's going to seem crazy, but I have a favorite porn star. Do you okay. know who it is? Sure. Okay. Probably don't know who it is. Her name is Sasha Gray. And anyone that knows porn right away is just like, oh, <laughs> okay. So um, her name is Sasha Gray. Now here's the thing. I only know of Sasha Gray from two things. There's this gif of her in a blue and white striped bathing suit bottom and someone smacks her ass. (laughs) Okay. I can pinpoint it 
out of you could show me 9000 asses being smacked and I could tell you which one's Sasha Gray's. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me why. It's that one gif. It culturally influenced me at a weird age, apparently. <laughs> and uh, I think she does. Um, <clears throat> um, having a lot of friends in her videos, I will say a lot of she has a lot of men friends in her videos. Uh-huh. That's the type of uh, porn she does where there's a lot of them and a, a one of her. Uh-huh. If I know correctly from what I've heard in stories. Um, but the reason I also like her is because she's in a scary movie and her character has a very tragic storyline in it. And it makes me love her. Um, I'm going to ruin the movie right now. I'm telling you. So in case you really want to watch what this movie, it's called, would you rather? Oh, okay. I probably won't. So in case, if you really want to watch this, skip the next like two minutes. The, it's the movie's called, would you rather? It has Britney snow in it. Um, do you know who Britney snow is off the top of your head? Yes. Okay hairspray and yep. like prom night and so okay anyways it has Brittany snow in it she's the main character and she has a brother who is dying of cancer you find out in the first few minutes and he's on a list but she doesn't have the money and she gets invited to go to this lavish dinner party where the guy's like if you can make it through the whole dinner party i'm gonna award one person everything in their life ever paid for you never have to worry about anything oh my gosh everything in your whole life is paid for for the rest of your life your life will be perfect and she's like, okay, what happens? He's like, you just come and we play some board games, like, and like some little simple games. It's fine. And she's like, okay, simple. So she goes there and there's like eight other people. And it kind of looks like Clue at first, but it's not. And as they're there, it's a game of would you rather? And I think, I think I know the trailer. Like yeah, I, yeah. And obviously the things are fucked up right. and it starts off not so bad. Like they all are sitting down eating this really fancy dinner And he's like, would you rather eat the dinner or get up and leave and lose out on the whole rest of the night? Because she's a vegetarian. She's like, I can't eat it. And he's like, if you eat the meat, I'll give you $10,000. If you get up, you're done for the rest of the night and you don't get any of the money. And she's like, okay, fine. And so she eats and he's like, see how easy it is to make people change their rules. Mm. And he slowly starts, you know, making the dares harder. It's like, would you rather stab yourself in the leg or stab the person next to you? Go. And you're like, well, what the fuck? Like, they keep getting worse. Right. Um, And there's, like, one woman who's, like, in a wheelchair. And so they're like, well, I'll stab her in the leg because (laughs) she won't feel it. She's paralyzed. Right. Right. Well, they stab her artery. Oh, God. So you see how things start going downhill very fast. Yeah. And, like, uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And Sasha Gray is kind of a bitch. At one point, her thing is, like, would you rather stab yourself in the leg or stab the person next to you? And she's like, I'll stab the person next to me. Can I stab him anywhere I want, though? Mm-hmm. and they're like what and she's like well clearly only one person's gonna make it out of this so can i just stab her wherever i want and they're like holy oh. fuck bitch she's like oh don't be mean okay so they keep getting worse and then they play this game where it's like you're gonna look at a card and it has a dare on it and you can either do that dare or would you rather take the mystery card and you have no choice but you have to do that one so you know what one of the cards is and then the other card's a mystery would you rather do the mystery or the one you know Well, like to give you an example, one person's dare was like, would you rather pull out your teeth with pliers or stab yourself in the eye? Oh, God. Yeah. Like they're not good. So Sasha's card is, would you rather, would you like to hold your breath for two minutes in a bucket of water? And she's like, I don't think I can hold my breath for two minutes straight. So I guess I'll take the mystery card. She Mm -hmm. takes the mystery card and it's hold your breath in the bucket for four minutes. Damn. And I'm like, no, Sasha Gray. Oh my goodness. So 
The whole movie, and then the fucking end scene of the movie just makes you lose your brain. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, but holy fucking shit. The whole movie, you're just, from start to finish, you're like, God, oh, oh, God, oh my God. (laughs) God damn it. I'm never going to eat at anyone's house ever again. Ever. No matter what. Ever. Never, ever. Well, that was our fun ending that we do. It makes people want to stay till the end because they hear all the crazy shit we talk about. You just, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to (laughs) happen at the end of an episode here. It's fine. fine. But we save it for the end so you don't have that much to skip through at the beginning if you're like a person that doesn't like hearing the chitter chatter. Because I will say like, that's one thing that a lot of people have beef with sometimes. If they're a person that wants to come and hear the episode only, like maybe they're like, I really like these people's research, but I don't like hearing all the shit and I don't have to sit there and skip and skip and skip and skip and skip. We save a lot of it for the end for that reason also. Yeah. So. And we just, (laughs) we never know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. It comes to us as we're reading the episodes. Yep. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks to all those that make help take fuck (laughs) that help make this podcast what it is. You're all part of the CSP family. Big thanks to Taylor at Lab Monkey Creative, all one word on Instagram every week for doing our editing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where our DMs are always open for suggestions. So slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam. All of our links can also be easily found at crypticsouppod.com as well. Any kind of Apple podcast review and or rating or a Spotify rating are always great. They help us get our name out there. They help us feel better about ourselves. And they also just help teach us what we're doing right and wrong. I mean, that's also part of the way that we learned about the uh, us chatting at the end or whatever was because people told us things. If you tell us things, we listen. Also introducing ourselves at the beginning. Yeah, that was something we (laughs) We didn't do. Never did. I didn't think Kylie and I ever sounded alike, but then someone said that we did, which if you didn't know us, I guess hearing just two girls chit chat back and forth, you would think that. Mm. I get it. If you don't know the difference between the voice, yes. You would know they're two different voices, but maybe you can't place which is which yet. You know what I mean? Yes, I could see that. But I could, I feel like we don't sound familiar. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Familiar? Similar. There's two or three times, though, where we'll say, like, a certain thing where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I said that. I'm like, oh, God, wait, that was Kylie. Like, maybe you just said it off, and I thought it was me saying it in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have those moments sometimes. Well, we've been doing this for over a year together, so. And we lived together on top of that. We have some mannerisms together. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, remember to subscribe, follow, tune in, keep up with us, and remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. I always want to sing Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre the next episode, but I won't. That's all. Bye. (laughs)